Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Peace, 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 peace. What's the word? So we got some breaking news. It's a new incident, but we have these incidents all the time. <laughs> Mass shootings. Now, now, nowadays. Nowadays. Because you know? we both came up when they still had that assault rifle ban for most of our schooling. So the con like Columbine, you were in were you in school during Columbine? I was. Right. And it was like an anomaly, you know, because you didn't have people with assault rifles. You had an assault rifle ban. And once that lifted in two thousand four, here we are. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't a regular thing back then. Yeah, Columbine because there was, was a a ban on assault guns. Columbine <laughs> was ninety nine. A quiet, yeah, that was the year I graduated, and it was at the time. I it was my last year of high school. Mm. I was a trans person in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, had been. I was suing my high school. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot um, going on. <laughs> I had a lot going on when it comes to social. What was happening socially around my transness, and you know, peak level bullying and peak level, mm-hmm. um, you know, just everything. Like I had got fired from my job because mm. I was trans. Like these, these are my early stages of you're coming into adulthood and you're about to get the rude awakening about um, being trans and how it navigates in this world. Yeah. And so because I was in a place where I was a teenager, I was 17 Mm -hmm. and um, I can really say that based on the, if I'm going to be honest, based on the news of what they were saying about the people getting the shooters and stuff getting bullied, the shooters and stuff getting harassed in school, you know, and I didn't have any kind of racial politics. I was just, I was just, you know, 
basing my thoughts off of um, what what I was hearing from the news and, and conversations I was hearing. I really, in my brain as a kid, said, shit, if I had, I kind of understand. Mm. <laughs> like I went mm. in, a, mm. I went, my mm. mindset, ha- I had sympathy because I was a person they who was bull- bullied. Yeah. I had sympathy. Of course, in my mind, I was like, well, I ain't got the guts to do that. But I I do know as a teenager, I would think shit like, now if I would kidding, if y'all, y'all fucking with me and nobody is doing nothing about it, even the teachers and shit are kind of letting it slide or adding to adding fuel to the fire. Cause I had teachers who were fucking, you know, calling me sugar in the tank, or you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. Look crazy yeah. ass shit like that. So yeah. Um, I was like, if I came here and shot this motherfucker up, everybody would look at me like, oh, you're the crazy mental, mm-hmm. uh, mental student who, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. So I, I remember vividly having those kind of thoughts when I was um, not thoughts of coming in shooting. But when I would hear about when I heard yeah. about Columbine, I was like, shit, this could have been me because mm-hmm. I have been bullied you know bullied and bothered and you know um you know just harassed by students and teachers alike and so i felt like i wish that you know being an immature 17 year old sometimes your mind can make some you know silly ass decisions because you are a child um right yeah uh and so um I remember, I remember having those thoughts during Columbine. And then, you know, I got older and learned about, you know, even more details about it. But I do remember me relating to the bullied person more so. I want to say more so than the victim. I knew that the victim's like, oh, my God, you kill people and da, 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 da. But my brain as a 17-year-old said, I know the feeling, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know the feeling, bro. Well, I think at the time I was like, "Why white people shit?" <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fucked up, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But like honestly, because you know it was like stuff happens in the city. You know, I went to school with metal detectors, all that kind of bullshit, and all that kind. Of, you couldn't wear different color socks, mm. and you know, and stuff, and all that kind of stuff. But it usually was like you and me. <laughs> you know, you know, what I'm saying this is an individual thing. Um, and not necessarily on that scale. So, um, in my immature ignorance, that was my uh, initial response to that. Was like, mm. and we were high schoolers, so of course we're not going to yeah. have the most mature um, exactly. response to it um, or thoughtful because we. I know for me, I didn't have any of um, just. I want to say I didn't have any, but not the depth of understanding how school works, understanding how racism works, understanding how really anything worked at the time. Let's talk about the details of this particular case. Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old former Covenant school student, killed six people at the school on Monday, carefully planning an attack according to officials. Hale lived with their parents and they were under doctor's care for emotional distress. The shooter had various writings and maps of the school and drawings of how to enter 
they continue to work on answering questions about the motive of the shooting. And one interesting thing is that Hale, who is assigned female at birth, use male pronouns on social media. So, of course, there is a firestorm of people immediately positioning him as trans. So, the shooter sent a message to a former classmate before the shooting. The message said, one day this will all make sense. I've left more than enough evidence behind, but something bad is about to happen. Peyton said that she was not sure why Haley reached out. I'm asking God the same question. So, uh, you know, of course, because this is a semi-trans person <laughs> or what any remnants of remnants of a trans person um, that they are taking this and running with it. And I find it interesting that they aren't um, mentioning their race, which they rarely do because we know the average <laughs> when it comes, we know it's not always, but we know usually we can uh -huh. bet, that, we can almost bet that it's going to be a Caucasian <laughs> and it's going to be a my, Caucasian my, male. My immature assumption mm -hmm. and, and thoughts as a kid. Uh -huh. no, this is my thought as a grown, mature adult. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying that, you know, that, that definitely influenced my my knee-jerk reaction as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we we see that this goes out of its norm because this is a only in the sense of um, being a female or anywhere near queer person. Um, well, yeah, being a sign female at birth is that's not, very rare. Very rare. And then, um, yeah. but yeah, also being trans is is rare. Rare. We, we ain't run into being no because I remember the shooting. <laughs> in, the shooting in Dayton was it Dayton or somewhere in Ohio. Honey, uh, it was a trans person that got murdered. The brother of um, of this mass shooter. Um, so what we do know, what we do know about gun violence is that gun violence is the leading cause of death for children. Yep. Gun violence is the leading cause of death for trans people. Yep. So one could deduct if you want to protect trans youth you need to regulate gun violence not regulate yeah. drag queens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's just me that's just me listen, i don't know now listen. that may be some trigonometry in the brains of, <laughs> of people it might be i don't know that's just my listen, assumption listen these people have a plan to cause communities that are super vulnerable to be divisive and divisive within it amongst each other. Okay. They want people to die by suicide. They want, they, they don't believe, they do believe we are disposable, not just us as trans people, not just us as black people. They do not care. So we got to love on each other. That's a part of that resistance. We got to love on each other. We got to take care of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We got to vote. And if we can't vote, we got to talk to our people. Um, this is going to be after the election, but I hope 
folks turned out on Tuesday in Wisconsin in the Supreme Court election, because right now the conservatives have majority, but if y'all go out and vote for this other person, they won't for the next 10 years, and that'd be great. So they won't have to go copy, cut, paste in Wisconsin with all this nonsense around trans kids and abortion and, and such and such. It's a way to block that. Um, so please, I hope you know afterwards, y'all go out and vote. And for folks who got elections coming up in your local areas, please go to that Ballotopia election calendar. See what's on the ballot locally between this year, like this summer, because that's a lot of the stuff where they'd be getting people into DA offices or judges and things like that, that codify this nonsense into law. And we do have power. They want us to be disengaged, disillusioned and depressed. Like that's a part of the strategy. Um, so just side note, you know, like, like we not, you, you, nobody's, we're not confused. It is overwhelming, but it's overwhelming on purpose. It is a strategy. And this isn't really, if we, if we're comparing it to some of the past history, this isn't really abnormal because it's like, like this is like the seven, steroids. This is like the <laughs> if we go by the 10 stages of genocide, this is like seven. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, you know, between six and seven. Like six Wake being <laughs> propaganda begins to spread about um spread about whoever they are trying to kill off. You know, when it comes to the genocide, hate groups get to spread in horrible propaganda. And then that's that's um, polarization. That's the sixth stage. And so it's making everybody hate. Recently, I seen some guy on TikTok. This is just some guy. So this just adds to the fodder. Of course, this is yeah. not. But these things get spread like wildfire, wildfire, like you just said. He literally took a <laughs> a scripture. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about Jesus exercising um, um, legions of demons out of this one person. And because it was multiple demons, they used the word they, them. He oh, literally, <laughs> <laughs> he literally said, this is what Jesus was talking about. These are demonic people trying to get mm -hmm. us to call them they, them. They are legions of demons that we got to exercise. And this is an example of where I'm like, what the hell is yeah. this crazy? Yeah. And I commented, I was mm -hmm. like, y'all are mm -hmm. unhinged. They know how to get people to be extreme and say nonsense on all sides of things in a way that we haven't and manipulating social media. So just keep that in mind too. When we do see like random extreme ass shit, Cause th like, that's a part of the game too. Cause we didn't used to see as much random extreme as shit. That's a part of the game. That's part of the A part of us being desensitized to it, it which exactly. I tell people all the time, I'm not going to be desensitized to it. Right. I'm going to always be shocked. I'm going to always feel like, um, not surprised in the sense of that this is happening, but I'm, I'm going to always be grossed by, by people killing people. I'm going to always be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grossed out by it too. I mean, I do. Well, I say it like that. Maybe I'm not. No, I am grossed <laughs> out by it. Maybe I'm too desensitized. But I, I do think there's a level of emotional armor that Black people have that most folks, you know, most people don't have in this country because we deal with so much bullshit for generations and generations. Same thing with Indigenous folks, Native American folks, First Nations people. Same thing with pretty much everybody, folks of color, for the most part. Depending on how long you've been dealing with this bullshit here, you know. But over time, you. You gotta, you you know, cis women, trans women, you already know, if you have to respond to all the bullshit and misogyny in the world, you be busy all fucking day. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's constant, right? It's systemic. It's the air we breathe, just like racism, the air we breathe, and all that. So it's like, you know, just, you know, whatever. Protect your shit. Still be shocked. I'm shocked. Not surprised. Like you said, um, disgusted, disappointed, but also expected with some of the bullshit, too. Yeah, so we can't expect if we, we don't have we, any regulation <laughs> on yeah. guns, we cannot expect um, yeah. people who are going through stress, people who are going through. Oh, no, who, I didn't mean that. Entitlement. My bad. <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> That's for not me. What I meant. Oh, okay. The, okay. People yeah. who are going with, with entitlement, people who are going through bullshit, people who are angry, people who are. There's so many variations of what this could be or why somebody would do something like this. If we have regulations, this wouldn't be as easily done. Yeah. Period. Please vote. Please vote because you can control that on your local level. Some places they got some strict regulations and some places they don't. Yeah. Some places they saying we don't want nobody to even register for a gun. Some places they're like, nah, we strengthening our laws. But we do have a power to influence that. We have people power. We have electoral power. Please go out and vote. Don't think you don't got no power because they want you to think you ain't got no power. You can be dissolution, sad, piss, but still go vote. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You know, we got to do that part. Uh, you know, prayers up, positive uh, energy for all these people impacted by this tragedy, though. Yeah. That they're for the families, for this person's family, for this you know, trans person's family as well. Um, and all the victims and survivors uh, in the whole community, because that is a very traumatic thing to have to experience. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. (laughs) So thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Wellesley College, which is one of the seven sisters, uh, which are kind of like the seven kind of like Northeastern Ivy League women's colleges. Gotcha. Like rich white women's colleges uh, from back in the day. Smith, Vassar, Radcliffe, Mount Holyoke, Parnart, Wellesley and Bremar. Anyway, um, Wellesley, um, just the students on the campus just took a vote. They had a big um, campus, I don't know what they called that, okay. Gender inclusive inclusivity ballot initiative, that's what they called it, um, to allow trans men and non-binary people who were signed male at birth to be able to, to be able to be eligible for admissions. 
Um, they requested that the language used at the college be inclusive of its non-binary and trans students to bridge the communication gap over the gender inclusive language between the admi administration and the student body. Um, the college agreed to train and teach the staff and faculty about gender identity and pronoun use. However, the college administration's position on that many trans men flatly stated, there is no plan to change Wellesley's admissions policy or its mission as a women's college. So that's one part. And so the author of this article goes on to talk about, excuse me, how today there's more folks who identify as trans than before. Um, and Wesley, you know, has had their own issues around women of color, particularly black women attending the school. Um, they highlight um, their experiences of being, uh, attending the school and being felt like they were invisible, erased because of being black, but also feeling unsafe socially and academically as an open le open lesbian uh, because of you know biases and um, fear, stigma, stigma, and discrimination. Anyway, so she highlights um, some of her experiences there when she like being a black lesbian and like navigating that. She ends the article by saying the idea of admitting trans men is controversial. However, one of Wesley's values is gender equality. As a women's college, we have always been committed to gender equality as a foundational to societal progress. It states on this website, um, in an open letter to the Wesley College community titled Affirming Our Mission and Embracing Our Community, the president wrote Wesley's a women's college that admits cis, trans and non-binary students, all who consistently identify as women. Wellesley is an also an inclusive community that embraces students, alumni, alumna, faculty, and staff of diverse gender identities. I believe the two ways of seeing Wellesley are not mutually exclusive. Rather, this is who we are, a women's college and a diverse community. Um, yeah, so it was founded in 1875 years of the Civil War. And um, with the understanding that, quote, women as defined in that era were a marginalized group and should have access to higher education and they end the article by saying, as women, we are a marginalized group today, still today, and so too are transgender and non-binary students. Um, I thought this was an interesting article for a couple different reasons. And we can, honestly, we can go a couple different ways around this article, because a couple things popped out uh, that I wanted to ask you about. Um, just your thoughts on the policy uh, at the school and the response. From your position, do you think that they're wrong? No, the college. No, they're mm -hmm. like, listen, if you identify, this is who we are. This is who we center. And if you identify as such, I mean, like, welcome. And if you don't, if you no. start here and you're like, I'm a woman and then you transition, we're not like leave. Yeah, I guess we can just stick with like, what do you think about the, the policy? The, the policy. <sighs> yeah, because the other thing is like, it's off branch. It was like this woman talked about in about her experience as a black lesbian this is also bringing back to last week when we were talking when i mentioned like oh you know you had black women who were like black, black trans men who had to navigate as black women in these spaces before they transition i just mm -hmm. thought was, that kind of stood out to me a little bit when she was talking about her experience there like what if yes, she transitioned i think it, you know I what think... i mean it's like how do we respect that at, for this person that's now a trans man who also had this experience navigating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, I think that gets lost. Listen, I think your experience is important for you to share in your own story. But I also understand the idea of this. You know, I've said this before. I, I am not a trans person that is against women's spaces. 
I'm not a. I, I am not uh, that against ha- exclusively women's spaces. Also, I'm not against when it's something that has to do with cis women. It being mm-hmm. exclusively a cis woman space. I'm not, I'm a person mm-hmm. that's not against that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Why? if we're talking about um because i feel like everybody should have their if they create a create a space and want to create a safe space they should have the right to have create a space how they want to do it like whatever makes them feel safe and so you know i particularly we, we're about to go to btac this year there are certain spaces that we make specifically for the particular identity that created it you know like when we talk about um you know like surgeries and bottom surgery we have on the program only trans men can come here because Mm -hmm. this is somebody being vulnerable and showing you their body and their surgery and what happened we don't need everybody in this in this session and so there are some times that I think that when we talk about specific things, sometimes you got to have these spaces. Now, if mm-hmm. we're talking about something that affects us all, then I don't think you need a specific um, mm-hmm. woman's space for cisgender women. I just don't. Right. I don't think you need a specific space for um, trans women when we're talking about something that affects us all mm-hmm. as women. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. I'm talking about... Um, like like me as a trans this is me i'm not gonna ever come into a reproductive justice space thinking that i should be centered as a trans woman why would i do that that doesn't make Mm -hmm. sense to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can come in and be on the outskirts like hey how can i help with this as an ally and you know what do y'all need help from me do i need to get the word out do i need but if y'all say that this is just a space for people who you know can be at risk of having an abortion. Yeah, I feel like right. um, everybody should be able to come there who are at risk of having an abortion. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. whoever that mm-hmm. may be, yes. Mm-hmm. Now we can get in the a conversation. A trans man could be like, wait, hey, can I be in this space or is this just mm-hmm. for women? Mm-hmm. And then they will have to decide, oh, okay, well, you are a person who can be at risk of Da, 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 da. We know you're not a woman, but you can come in this space because mm-hmm. blah, 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 and make mm-hmm. that kind of exception. I'm not, I feel like we can, people argue about shit that they don't need to argue about. Like, I get it. And so there are some spaces, but if we're talking about intimate partner violence, why are you making this an all cisgender mm-hmm. women's space when we know mm-hmm. that trans women are included in that? Like, if we know that everybody's included, I feel weird when in the in this issue that we're trying to solve, I feel weird when you're trying to exclude everybody that are impacted by it. But if you just mm-hmm. need a space that mm-hmm. is exclusive, mm-hmm. then I don't mm-hmm. have for um, whatever, whatever you are. I don't mind that. I'm just a person who don't mind that. I, I like I never seen a trans woman like, oh, my God, I need to be in this um, this space with cis women about um, abortion. I've never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen a woman trying to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And usually when we were to, when we we're talking about these things, they think it's trans women that are trying to get in this space, but it's actually right. trans men that are trying to get in this and space. Trans masculine people. Trans masculine, yeah. but because they're so hateful to trans women and totally neglect that there is another opposite of us so i don't want to say that's a binary too but there's people there's a trans masculine version of us who do and 
<laughs> who got some other shit going on that's yeah. different and separate ain't got shit to do with the same shit it's different so in regards to yeah. the school look we have a history of being a, a women's college we are letting the trans women in we are letting the non-binary people in but once you decide that you identify with being wait, a woman, wait. and they're and they're letting anybody that came in identifying as a woman and transition while they were there stay so they're stay. not like you gotta yes. leave because you're a trans man now yes you know, we're doing to me we are doing all that we can to adjust to the, these changing um ideas when it comes to gender identity and all of those things and i think that them drawing the line at once you decide that you identify with being a man you can't be accepted into this space once right but it, of course you can transition in this space but yeah if you've already identified as a man you've already transitioned you can't come back and say oh i want to go to this women's college mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. feel like that i don't know i think that's fair now it'd be different if they're like yeah we're not letting anybody and you can't transition you're getting kicked <laughs> out right, we're not exactly. letting the trans women we're not mm -hmm. letting the, the, mm -hmm. then it's like oh but they literally are are trying to the limit that i think it's fair it's like yeah. yes we, we you can stay if you identified as a girl when you first came and then transition you can stay do your thing when you trans women can come non-binary people can come but if you identify as a man look we're a women's college you identify as a man go to Morehouse, Morehouse accepts people. <laughs> Morehouse mm -hmm. in 2019 announced that they accept trans men. They're all male yeah, schools. So if true. you identify yeah. with being a man and you want to go uh, to go to a school that is based on the binary, then mm -hmm. sweetie, we accept people that identify as women. Yeah, that's what it is. And I think that's fair. I don't think that that's transphobic. I think they're going to the extent that I think is fair. Yeah, the pre this is not just to read. Let me get back up in there. That pre the president said, affirming our mission and embracing our community, Wesley Wellesley, excuse me, kept saying Wellesley is a women's college that admits cis, trans, and non binary students, all who consistently identify as women. Wellesley is a women's college that admits cis trans and non-binary students dash all who consistently identify as women yes and i know non-binary people that also identify as women exactly and wellesley is also an inclusive community that embraces students blah 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 alumni we don't think that this is uh i believe the two ways of seeing wellesley are not mutually exclusive rather this is who we are a women's college in a diverse community yeah i think i'm 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 with wellesley I'm, I'm i feel like they are going to the extent that i think is fair i feel like they are because the non-binary community is diverse non-binary people are diverse mm -hmm. now yeah I, I i my thing is you are make you are choosing a side when you have transitioned you know when you have identified as a man and you are assigned female at birth and you have said okay i'm going to identify as a man you are giving up certain spaces i know it doesn't feel comfortable and you have to grieve and you have to um well, deal I mean, with that but 
I think because yeah. you're already coming from a minoritized and stigmatized and status position, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's not like it's like you're already black, and then it's like, oh, I'm not. It's not. It's not like you know. It's not. You're not, you're coming from the stigma anyway. You're coming mm-hmm. from from you before you have a consciousness. I think that's why it's so heavy because you've been forced to be in gender spaces. There is no because you're a woman, regardless yeah. if you identify or not. So I think that's the part of the grief because it's difficult because you're already on the margins for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a transition. Even though I, I hear I'm on the same page, but I just want to name like it's not a simple thing. You've already and you're still stuck in that probably for a lot of other stuff in your life, regardless of how you identify, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you still have to deal with women. You still have to deal with reproductive stuff. You still have to deal with people who don't give a fuck that you're trans and still see you as quote woman and vulnerable and, you know, prayable, you know? Um, yeah. So I, it's, I, and, it's, and, and you know, I it's understand all things in the air. Um, there, I, I understand the, than the experience for some trans folks, for trans, some trans men and some AMAP trans folks. I think it is different in that way. In some I time, totally you know get I mean? the grieving process. I totally get the process of um, understanding that it's a difficult, you know, you're, you're giving grieving safety. You're grieving and, safety. Uh-huh. That's the thing. You're grieving safety. You're not just grieving the social. You're not just grieving that. You're grieving safety. Remember I mentioned like, already being a black woman and da 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 how I have to navigate. So I had to navigate in a world that was like, okay, I'm in this, I'm into this stuff. I have to do the girl stuff. I have to do the girl spaces. Da-da-da. You're already kind of put in women's sports. Da-da-da. You're already kind of put in very gender spaces, depending on when you transition to, right? Because if you come into but adulthood, you, it's like- I think that you, that's you know, erasing- it's, Not it's, for everybody. I feel like know, it's erasing the safety that comes with being a man. But that's all. Uh, that's situational. Like the the but both of them at, is situational. The safety that you get with being a woman is situational because you can become right. or you can be harmed in those spaces as well. It's just been no right. situation. But then when you're coming into being a man, there's some there's some safety that comes with being a man that I clearly see. Right. No, of course, of course there is. But it also just depends on that person. If you're five foot one or four foot eight. And now you're a man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, it, it's situation. I'm like, I'm saying this from lived experience, right? Like you gotta live as a girl. If you survive black girlhood, you're already a G. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you survive cis black girlhood, you're already been through some shit. And that's my point. And so you have to figure out what to survive in that anyway. And so for a lot of people, you have, like I said, I can't go to them same spaces, not just for work, not just for social, not just for this. But also men are more isolated. So for a lot of people who were assigned female at birth and navigating and just trying to figure out survival for a lot of people who were already seen as gay or kind of outside the binary, not all trans masculine people have that experience, but you already navigating as a non-binary person in regards to how, or a gender non-conforming person anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And all this other shit, and you're surviving all this other shit, plus just the fact that you are assigned female at birth, regardless of how you identify. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a fuck about how you identify. A lot of us don't leave our communities. We live in the same neighborhoods. We live in the same place. <laughs> you go to the same church, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like, I think for a lot of people, not everybody, you're still experiencing, you're still connected to that. I get misgendered. I mean, when I'm around black people, I get misgendered. I get misgendered looking like this, okay? Like still, now, today, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, 
you know, and once the once that good is in the bag, now I'm a, I'm vulnerable because I have a vagina for some guys, depending on the space I'm in. Now I'm a target and I got to be keep myself aware about my safety. Um, and that's just real, you know, and it's not everybody's experience, but that grief is also definitely connected to that. That 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 shift is definitely connected to this safety and how you or that you were connected to with other people your whole goddamn life for most people, you know, and kind of shifting socially too, because men are expected to be less social. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And all this other shit, because the world is gender, you can't do everything you want to do if you're a girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not an option. You only could do girl things. If you want to play sports, if you want to do this, if you want to have opportunity, you're not going to get all the same. So you already growing up in a situation that's like you we're controlling your you by your gender regardless of how you identify and so when you get if you transition and yes you you give up that but like that's how you've learned how to navigate the world so it's like it's a big adjustment to not have that same kind of camaraderie of those experiences when sometimes you still have them sometimes you don't <laughs> Sometimes you mm. went from being invisible as a black woman. Now you're a target as a black man, but you're still experiencing just like a lot of like black women do, as you know, you deal with shit in the silence. Like that doesn't change when when, when a black uh, person who's AFAB transitions, it's still kind of that everything's on the low in the back and you're still dealing with our shit. I, look, I like, I, I understand the nuance. I understand the nuance of, um, a gender queer person. I understand the nuance of that, but I also understand another nuance is that I that I see trans men um, benefit from when yes, when they, especially if they on a level of passing, when they're on the level, you know how they look when they it, there is a benefit that they gain from Obviously. being a man that comes yes yes of course they come especially a black man they come with these as a target as a black man when we come to that but also they come with the with the privilege that comes with when people assume that you are a man now if, yes. you, if they're not Definitely. assuming that yes you get back into that stage of um you know oh now i'm vulnerable because you know i'm trans oh. you know i'm a man but there is a space that i see trans men navigate black ones that yeah that are no, when they 1, are fully read as men they can navigate the world with a certain safety without catcalling without um without that vulnerability when they are not read as trans when they're read as trans i totally get it i understand that nuance but when they are read yeah, as men, there's it's a, a different level of safety that they gain one thousand one thousand i'm just saying it's not for police of, <laughs> no, no, i'm just saying it's a it's a different set of challenges and for for different trans men and different trans masculine people, also, you know, what's their learning curve? Because it's also a social transition, right? And yeah. so, like, not everybody, that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I meant by like the safety piece. If you're not starting your social transition from I already was kind of navigating in some of that, it's a learning curve. Why yes. I remember being like, why are people so mean to me? Mm-hmm. And the little mirror. Oh, yeah, that's why. Not why are people scared? I know about that. Because I already knew mm -hmm. that as a black woman who was dark skinned. So mm -hmm. I was already criminalized, masculine, you know, aggressive just by being me showing up, waking up. But yeah. the, are you stupid? <laughs> you know things. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your ABCs. Oh, I didn't know black men could talk, you know, like that's a learning curve. For some people, it's a curve. It's a safe, the safety shit is no, you have to figure out what is safe now. You don't know because all you knew yeah. was that, you know, and being, you know, and then, you know, I could see even some nuances about being because of some of your mannerisms being read as a gay man and how all that brings yep. in, how that brings in another set of, um harms and privileges um yeah and some of the stuff i'm sharing the same folks the same folks that have that vibrato and energy that's some some of the shit people be sharing in intimate spaces when it's just trans men mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying that's not yeah. gonna get out there you know and so you know because some people be having energy like cis men and be like i ain't gonna say that out loud so but i i 100 agree with you that yeah there's a social safety that is there that comes with transitioning, particularly if you transition medically, mm -hmm. you know, period. I get that. You know, so yeah. I, like I said, I back to the school stuff. I think yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. while yes, I think that, um, you know, I, I just feel like they went the right direction. Um, I feel like they, we agree on that, that they went no, the we right direction in regards to, um, making it, I, I feel their adjustments have been great. Yeah. Let us know what y'all think. Like, mm -hmm. do you think it's good? It's a good balance? Or do you think they should expand? Yeah. Let us know what you think. Hashtag Marsha's Play. <laughs> yes. I have been seeing <laughs> this trend on multiple um platforms um TikTok, facebook twitter um all the ones youtube all the video platforms okay there uh -huh. yeah all the socials that deal with video so this particular type of niche content where women studs lesbians are doing not gender reveals, but pregnancy reveals to their parents. Like they're, you know how- Oh, being like, oh, I'm pregnant. Yes, and they'll, okay. they'll, 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 they'll like in the text describing the video, it'll be something like, when you're a mother to a lesbian and you thought you never would have grandchildren. And then they'll have like a box mm -hmm. revealing that the girl is pregnant, the woman is mm -hmm. pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing it happen similar, similar to like we've like we've seen the gender reveal um mm -hmm. videos. And in my brain, I'm like, oh, why is this like why is this happening? Like, why is this um what it is something that's I don't want to say it's negative, but it's something that's sitting weird with me about it and so what i in my brain what i what i settle on as why it's sitting weird with me is it perpetuate the idea that gay people ain't out here having kids like it is so many gay people that i know that have kids it is so many gay people that i know that had children before they um uh, uh made it clear that they were okay queer is so many people that 
have figured it out with, you know, I've, what is it? The IV treatment. I've, I don't, I don't know what the, the word is, the, um, different ways that science has allowed us to be able to have children, um, um, different ways that shit, we figured out how to have children, not figured out how to do it by bi- biologically, but figure how to, how to make it work without going to the mm-hmm. doctors. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I know this gay boy and let's yeah. see yeah, how we can make it work. I know the straight man, no let's see, right. schedule us to rich. hook up. <laughs> And make it work and do it the old yeah. fashioned way. We've seen uh-huh. conversations like that. We've seen that. Turkey so, baster. <laughs> yeah, turkey based, all kinds of stuff. So we have seen gay people figure out how to have children. We have we know gay people who want to have children and figured it out. And so it makes it seem like it just makes it it, it feels weird because I know some gay people that have kids. So you my question like, for you. Yeah. Uh-huh is what do you think about this trend? And then I'll ask you another question. Uh, well, I guess I think, well, one, uh, I think it's cute. Also, it's kind of irritating, but it sounds cute. <laughs> Why is it irritating? Because it just, you know, perpetuating heteronormative, whatever. So that's my, on that, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's cute. And like yourself, I know plenty of black lesbians in particular, lesbians of color in particular, that got kids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, for lots of different reasons. And so, um, but yeah, I think it's kind of cute, I guess, you know, you know, a lot of, um, in my experience as someone who had to navigate as a lesbian for a little bit, you know, a lot of people I know, they mamas, I ain't never having no king be my grandkid and all the heterosexual kind of pressures that are put on like cis black women to have kids you know you know that's there you know it's still there um and then it's like oh this is extra disappointment you know because you know i think also particularly if you're uh you stable and have an income and have stability i think that's where that pressure is mostly i think you're struggling they're just like please get on your feet (laughs) you know what i mean but when i talk about what i'm saying about like kind of heteronormativity it's like cis gay people cis black gay folks that got some stability done made it <laughs> around quote unquote around certain things you know what i mean um that's considered the norms of the social structure um is that a good thing Mm-mm. i don't know <laughs> you you're going into what i was going to ask about pressure because it's like i don't know about you <laughs> but at this age i don't really get the pressure no and it's been a long time like i got the pressure when i was younger i felt like when mm-hmm. i was younger because they thought it was a phase and that they could influence that phase to be over quickly they were like so you're not gonna have any kids you're not gonna do this you're not gonna mm-hmm. do like it i feel like that but once i hit i want to say like late 20s <laughs> once i hit my late 20s they knew there mm-hmm. wasn't no motherfucking game it stopped being a pressure or a pressure that i thought about not saying that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but i, I you know my pressure, mama would say yeah. especially once my brothers had children oh okay mm-hmm. once my brothers had children and my mother had that itch 
that whatever the itch of being a grandmother that whatever mm -hmm. that is once mm -hmm. that was fulfilled and shit my one of my brothers got four children one of my brother now has two well she didn't get right. to meet the other ones but there was a yeah, couple she, of she had, she had she had yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so <laughs> she whatever that feeling of grandma that she wanted to have once they start having children it definitely was never mentioned to me mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. how has that been a thing for you that did that stop did it continue i mean i think because i transitioned it stopped but i think if i did not transition well shit, i think if i did not transition medically because i started transitioning socially before i transitioned medically and still had the same pressures that i had as a person who was like i'm a black woman kind of so and it was from your mom <laughs> yeah yeah and that pressure don't stop until you you know if you the older uh a woman a cis woman gets the more the pressure is yeah you know, um, time is running out there's a biological right so supposed black yeah people having babies at like 55 so you know but like i, I wouldn't yeah. yeah exactly i wouldn't do that but um but yeah i think you know i think that's a real thing i don't really know too many trans folks that get that kind of pressure um but i definitely know a lot of a lot of cis women who Oh, definitely. Women. And it's just like nonstop, you know. <laughs> like when you gonna? I me hear a from baby? cis cis you know? men too. Since gay men, oh yeah, I hear oh, really? from them. Um, mm. I will say I've heard more cis gay. I will say like millennial cis gay black folk, not more so. Be like, these are the ways I want to conform to heteronormativity. <laughs> Like you know what I'm saying? I want to have children. Let me yeah, this and get out. married and all this okay. kind of stuff. It's a very different, you know, reality than you know when we were coming up when marriage was not on the table, unless you lived in like Alaska or Vermont or some shit. You know what I mean? Um, and even then, right. it was like civil union. So like the the I, these things just weren't options um, at that. But time. I still think they were trying to mimic. Cis heteronormative. No, I agree. No, I, I, I agree. I think it's fucking. I I think it's 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 a problem because <laughs> a lot of the stuff is problematic that folks are trying to mimic and not and and not interrogating it in this quest for like normal, you know. Mm. And it's like, well, that's what makes me queer and not gay, right? Because queer is a political thing. It's not. It wasn't starting off as a goddamn umbrella term. It was very specific to be like, no, nah, y'all gay. We'll mm. be gay. We gonna be queer over here. Right. Mm. And so, um, you know, you know, and that got lost because it got, became mainstream. And now did you ever want children? Different. So, um, nope. Kids are bad and expensive. So and I got a lot of nieces and nephews. So, mm. you know, not that kids are bad, but kids are definitely expensive and a responsibility. So <laughs> I think I'm good. So I won't say that I didn't ever want children. I, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I practice uh, African traditional religion. I'm in that vibe. And so passing your blood down is important. And so having biological mm -hmm. children was always something that I wanted, but not to the point where the circumstances. Mm my circumstances needed to be perfect for me to 
wanted. Like my for for me to actually have kids, it has to be the right person that I'm dealing with. It has to be the right person that I'm um, I'm in a space where I can afford them. Um, And so, because my life has never been in that kind of perfect scenario all the time, um, it just never happened. But it didn't depress me. It was like, it was always a situation. If I'm in this perfect situation, like if I meet a trans man that I fall in love with, I meet a cis woman that I fall in love with. Once that, once that, um, in my younger years, that wasn't even an option in my mind because I wasn't anywhere near thinking about them as an option because I wasn't attracted to them. Um, but now that I'm older and I'm still kind of not necessarily attracted to them, but I'm trying to be more open to the experience. <laughs> Try to be more open to the experience. Yeah. Um, you get what I'm saying? It's getting, yeah. it's, I, I said, if, if it got to that point where I love somebody and I was financially stable, that would be a blessing. Like, oh, I didn't think I was going to have children either. And so, boom, here I am. Oh, I'm having a child. It would it yeah. would be something that I would want, but it's yeah. not something that I need for my life. Like, I'm not like right. I'm not working towards it. Like, I'm not saving money so I can do in vitro child. I'll go get some lipo before I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now that you say that, you know, I actually I did think about having kids when I was younger and for kind of similarish kind of reasons around just like spiritual stuff, cultural stuff, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And um was like I think probably after I came out to my mom and her response was so problematic. It was mm. like rip rip survival mode. <laughs> like like you know what I'm saying like put everything else that is just on pause. And I thought two years similarly like oh well maybe if certain things aligned that could be a possibility, but mm-hmm. um, I think also I used to have horrible, horrible, horrible periods. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. I'm girl style. Take, <laughs> take this shit away. <laughs> I'm talking like I would be bleeding, shitting, throwing up, being all at the same time. Mm-hmm. TMI, sorry, but struggles real i was like how the fuck yeah yeah the hell the hell is that and then a body a head a baby no no i'm good i have fibroids i have black woman shit you know what i'm saying the fibroids the this the that that's legit that's legit yeah yeah i i think i went i mentally transitioned a lot in in regards to children so i went from when i was younger when people would say, so you don't want to have kids? No, I don't want no kids anyway. Like it would be a, just a quick mm. response. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't, it, I wouldn't say that it was how I really felt. It just was, I was trying it's to easier make- easier than explaining. Yeah, you I was think? trying to make yeah. people understand I'm a woman, so stop trying to uh, wear me out. I'm, I stop trying yeah. to stop me from thinking I'm not a woman. And trying right. to get me to fit what you think as a male, I should be doing. 
No. So like a defense mechanism. It was a defense kinda. mechanism. I was like, no, right, I don't want to have children anyway. I'm making this yeah. decision for me because everybody would be like, uh, what if you change your mind? What if it was the whole uh, phase situation? So I would be like, I'm not going to change my mind. I know what I like. Okay. Stop trying to gaslight me and think I was. I wouldn't say gaslight. <laughs> I wouldn't have that. How, how old were you then? About you think? I'm very young. I was in my teenage years. You know, I transitioned uh, early, so okay. I was a teenager. So I would automatically be like, "I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me question uh, what I am, okay. and I know what I am. So stop trying to tell me I want to have kids. What if I change my mind? Oh, you're gonna do something that you regret. And I'm like, no. I know <laughs> what I'm. I know what I'm. I know right. my womanhood is a core part of me. So, exactly. yes, I might want to adopt later. Right. I might want to do these certain things, but mm. there's other options. Stop trying to get me to be because I knew what it was. They were trying to get me to be, you know, a man and tell me and, and make me regret my decision. Right. And so then when I got in my 20s, when I didn't have that more direct pressure, because, you know, that direct pressure is really, really hard when you're living in somebody's house or you're living in a place where adults are controlling your every move. But once you get mm -hmm. into adulthood, then it's you. You get to decide, OK, what's next in my life? Is, is kids next? Is it, it you know, right. then when you get into relationships and you're trying to do the cis heteronormative thing and you know there was a time when i was indoctrinated in the ideal of having a husband and having kids and having those conversations with men that i was in long-term relationships with and we we thinking about it and really exploring it and you know even coming up with ideas like oh we can get a third person like a cis woman and you know we can try to you know have a th like a three a thruple where you know, we have children together and we make this work and, you know, just different ideas or we do surrogate or it was so many like one of the babies be yours and one uh, of the babies be mine. And you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we both wanted yeah. biological. We, we that's when I was thinking about how to make it work for myself where it wasn't about. I didn't have anything to prove to anybody. It was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm not under the pressure of trying to prove to these motherfuckers that I'm a woman. I am a woman. I'm living my life. So how do I make this work? And so mm -hmm. that was in my twenties and my thirties. I went through a, then after that, I went through a thing like, oh, this is not going to happen. Um, once I didn't have, didn't, most of the dude relationships didn't work out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just not going to happen. So I'm going to go on. And then once I start expanding my sexual horizons and, and, and playing with the idea of being in long-term loving relationships with people who I can, who do have the equipment that I can have babies with, then it's like, ooh, well, this may be a possibility. How does this work? I even got off hormones mm. at one point because I said in my early 30s, I was like, okay, well, if I do find somebody that this could be a potential happening, I want to make sure I'm not on hormones so that I can make it happen. Right. And so right. was on hormones for was off hormones for like five years, just in the in the hopes of, you know, expanding my horizon and seeing what could happen. And then once I got to, I want to say like 36, 35, 36. I was like, all right, child, I ain't even worried about that. I'm going to go back on my mom <laughs> and I'm not even thinking about it anymore. If it happens, it happens. Yeah. If it don't, it don't. So yeah. I'm not even thinking about it yeah. anymore. So there has been ups and downs in regards to wanting children just mm -hmm. because of biological. Mm -hmm. it, it has, if I have to, if somebody said, well, why don't you just adopt? It's not about 
I don't care about having kids in the sense of um, just to have the experience of being a parent. I already have that. I got custody of my brother when I was 21. <laughs> I done been through the whole to me in the sense of that. Um, and I helped raise my brothers. And so I, I know that I, I know the feeling of changing diapers and being a caretaker of a child. I already know that. So I don't right. really need that. I need what I wanted was I want the experience of seeing my mother's face in my children, seeing my face in my children, seeing right. my grandmother's mannerisms in my Her children. Lineage. Well, not mm -hmm. hers. <laughs> <laughs> seeing my grandfather's mannerism, seeing my dad's mannerism, seeing what genetics I pass on to my children, temperament, physicalities. I want that. That's what that's yeah. what I want. I want to yeah. be an ancestor to somebody. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Those mm -hmm. what I that's what I kind of think about. It's not really mm -hmm. about just having the experience of a parent. It's about right. passing my bloodline because I'm the last. You know, I don't have the same father is my brothers i don't have the same mother as mm -hmm. my brothers on my father's side so i'm the last of, <laughs> of that combo this yeah. combo and so right. not extending that and having a branch where my branch ends even my last name it ends and so you know of course cis women experience that too <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's that mm -hmm. combo I mean, I think, I think that's important. Yeah. And so yeah. I wanted to be able to yeah. do it, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but that's what that's I wanted real, to do. Though. Does it make sense? Yeah. It makes, makes, yeah. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Mm. What do y'all think about this trend where people, where gay people are doing this kind of reveal to their parents? I've seen it. Um, a lot recently, and I don't know if I was just down the gay guy guys. Hold on, too. On that note, before we wrap up this topic, you know, so much has changed in such a short amount of time, too. I think that's a part of it, too, with these reveals, because 10 years ago, that was not going to be an option. Like, so much has changed for cisgender gay people in a short amount of time in terms of to a level around the mainstream equity, equality, whatever, around being a cisgender gay person. It's pretty normalized now and and rapidly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like the night and day reality too, you know, I think is a part of that too, even though it's very hard on normative. Mm. Cool. <laughs> that makes sense. But you know, um yeah, because ten years ago nobody would have been like gender reveal or not gender reveal, but like pregnancy reveal yeah they'd be like i don't even know if they gonna care or you know or whatever that you makes know sense. yeah all right but. so yeah tell us what y'all think <laughs> um what do y'all think about the trend and what do y'all think about having babies like it's a it's a it's a thing in the conversation um yeah. in the mainstream conversation because i see cis women's like look i'm i'm over 30 over 40 and childless and and will and choosing to be childless and it's a whole yes. movement of um, you know, accepting that and, you know, not having the rules of I got to have children as a woman, as a man, da, 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 da. So, yeah, I, tell me what y'all think about having children. What are your thoughts on Have it shifted? Have it not shifted? And yeah, yeah. I wanted to, especially trans people, what are your thoughts about it? Hashtag mm -hmm. Marsha's Plate. Mm -hmm. 
Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria More than peace of mind It's the joy in space to change the tide Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria More than peace of mind It's the joy in space to change the tide Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling And the high can never come down from Whoa, whoa so, Jay, what has been bringing you euphoria? The sun. The sun. The sun is back out. Oh. Pacific Northwest. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, y'all rain down. Woo, the sun is back. You see, I got a little extra chocolate today. You Word. See, I got, I got a little sun. <laughs> little sun. Because I, I was getting a little, you know. Little, little, little mm. peaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sun is out, you know. I got a haircut, you know. That's bringing mm. me euphoria, you know. Gender is bringing me lots of gender euphoria. I have a haircut in a minute, and my the the barber said, "Oh, you know, you got. I know your hair could grow in a little fro. <laughs> it's a little a little light in the middle. <laughs> it's like a little, little ring. Anyway, okay. And so yeah, that's bringing me euphoria. The haircut and the sun." It's bringing me euphoria this week. It's great I'm getting all that vitamin D. How about yourself? What's, bring, <laughs> what's oh, bringing you euphoria gosh. this week? What is bringing me euphoria today? Um, well, this week. Oh yeah, this week. Sorry. My my boundaries. My on, boundaries boundary. working out for me in my in my business area of my life. This year has been a really good year when it comes to um, Transgender Day of Visibility. You know, this week, yeah. um, it is coming up on, was it, is it Friday? I think it's Friday or Saturday. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. the day. But Transgender Day of Visibility is coming up. And, you know, um, a lot of times people try to lowball you when it comes to prices, when it comes to, you know, what they're willing to pay you. Yeah. And previous, not, not, not previous years, but maybe like a couple of years back, I had, um, you know, there was times that I would say no to things and I would miss the opportunity. So I went through a period of time where I was saying, yeah, like, you know, I call it the whole strategy, the street whole strategy, <laughs> where you take whatever you can get. It don't matter okay. what yeah, it yeah. is you take. If it's fit, even though your rate is this amount, if he got a hundred, if he got 50, if he got this, because you're just trying to come up with a profit. So you take right. whatever you can get. But then it gets to a point where you need to get out of that whole mentality and have a standard of rate and standard of what I want. And so, you know, that that goes into whole the escort. This is instead of the street hole, you the escort. And, you know, this is my rate. You don't have it. Don't call me. Um, And so. I was like that when it came to, you know, my speaking engagements where I would take Mm -hmm. whatever I could get. But then I've gotten to the point where I don't have to do that. And this year showed me a lot that I, um, you know, I can ask for what I want, get what I want and um, and say no to things and know for sure that some op- another opportunity would come. It was a time when mm-hmm. if I say no to this, ooh, then my schedule would be empty because I didn't take this job. And so now the right. opportunities are coming to the point where um, I can say no to this. And the little bit of money I said no to these two gigs because the price they was lowballing me. But then this yes is so much that it covers those. I got even more than what um, 
than those mm-hmm. two would have given me. And so mm-hmm. now, of course, the greedy one in me would say, I want all of it. But, <laughs> but you <laughs> know, know, it feels yeah. good to say no and still be able to survive and still be able to, I wouldn't say thrive because it wasn't like I'm making tons of money, but mm-hmm. it at least have some type of opportunities that I'm getting paid for that, you know, that helps with my high livelihood and Absolutely. not have to compromise my integrity or what I think my worth is. And mm-hmm. thank God, I want to say thank everybody, whoever involved, who are yeah. not, a, who are not putting me in this year, not putting me in a position where I had to um, compromise my worth. It's mm. been really, really, really good. It's been, in, mm-hmm. you know, of course I had said no to some people, but no kind of negative resistance. Nobody trying to respond with some kind of, who do you think you are? None of that. It was, um, mm. it was very, mm. you know, totally understand. Yeah. And then some people's like, oh, yes, we got your right. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> You're full right. <laughs> and so okay. that is what's giving me gender euphoria this year. Um, just, you know, treasure today visibility on the business side of my brand. And yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Go in then. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, come yes, on. yes, well, yes, yes. Come on, but like 23. So, um, so yeah, I think we've done a show and we will see y'all next week. Um, hashtag Marsha's plate. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Marsha's plate. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's right. Marsha's plate. Make sure you follow us. What is it called? Where where do you follow? What do you follow us on? Marsha's plate. (laughs) (laughs) Marsha's plate. Um, you know, we are, uh, one of the only, black trans led podcast that centers black people and black issues and okay. so and yeah. one of the longest running ones as well Come on. i like Come to on. be you know talk our shit yeah so make sure you support <laughs> us and share us and thanks for everybody who's been around yes. and supporting us yes. yeah we in all of our mini transitions and mm-hmm. we love y'all. Come on. But on punch transition. Yes, but on punch. All right, y'all. All right. Wait, Bye. you gotta, can you hold on for a quick second? Well, I was trying to get at earlier about the 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 transduce thing is the because there's a health thing. So I used to do a lot of health shit. Mm-hmm. You know, black women disproportionately got all these health things, particularly around reproductive shit, PCOS, da 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 da. Trans tran the transit like some guys are like I cut off that, but the shit like it, it's not healthy. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like oh, you got to you got to, you know. So for folks who ain't cutting off those connections, losing those connections that support around that kind of shit too, it can be deadly. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend. You know? I have a trans guy friend who totally stealth, firefighter. Um, yep just doing his thing in regards to doing his thing, but he's, he's not like, he don't have any connections. And so he calls me and it feels like he only calls me because he is lonely, desperate going through. I don't have anybody that I can talk about this shit with, not just like, yeah, I got a wife. Yeah. I got a, you know, 
I'm living this life where nobody knows I'm trans. I done moved away from all of my family, moved to a whole different city. I'm living this whole thing, but it is so isolating. And these issues that I'm having, I can't talk to my wife too much about it because I finally got her to, because I'm dating a cis woman who is straight, I got to fit this perfect manhood thing. And because I wanted a straight woman to see me as a man i picked this woman so i gotta live up to this manhood and so i can't talk to her about the nuances of transness with that and so he calls me and dumps it on me and we we talk and it just feels like god is this worth it man like it makes me yo listen it's a lot of it's a lot of trans men in that situation particularly folks that are a little older Cause like, because being a trans man or having access to HRT for trans men, it's literally just new. It's only last 20 years, right? Like we ain't been here. We haven't, you know what I'm saying? And really, Mm -hmm. you don't really see that uptick happen until like 2005 or so. When you start to have more access, they start putting on college campuses, all that kind of shit in addition to everywhere else. But that's how, that's why they switched from 10 ML vow to one ML vow because Mm -hmm. the market expanded. But with that came, you got your college kids that got access to hormones, and that's a whole nother conversation. You got a whole set of folks over here that's been super, super duper stealth, super duper stealth. I got a brother back home. He like don't got no like he secretly got trans friends. Only hangs out primarily with he hangs out with us. You know, we get gatherings or whatever, you know, whatever, kick it. But for the most part. This motherfucker was like, didn't go to the hospital because he didn't want his uh, uh, sis friend to take him to the hospital. It's the kind of shit I'm talking about. You know, it's mm. like it's a different set of challenges when people assume that you are a cis person and then you are assigned female at birth, which means you probably got to go to the doctor more than an AMAP person. You just constantly dealing. You still got to it's this is constant. You a sign female at birth. 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 You can't. You can't. You can't get away from that because there's all this other physical health shit caught up in it too. Yes. You know what I mean? That's constant. Um, and you know, and so that's why I'm always like a sign female at birth. I'm very, very. I stay on that because you know, not just for you know. The policy, you know, other people outside the community, but also for us to get more comfortable because the reason we're uncomfortable is the same reason you talked about the shit earlier about having kids is because people weaponize the shit when you're honest. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to deal with that. But in turn, what it means is that you're not able to deal with your shit and you hurt and you are hurting inside and you already adjusted to that because you people thought you were black women and all the black women around you had to do that anyway. <laughs> and now you're a man. Right. And on top. So it's like layer, 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 layer. And a lot of what I try to center my work in before shit got a little crazy was around having this conversation with other trans guys and trans masculine people, but also in these spaces around, you know, uh, feminism and things like that. And in in, in gendered spaces, because, you know, I was in women's studies and it's gender and women's studies and those spaces, making sure that our presence is known and that you know, um, trying to create a, create more spaces for folks to get comfortable talking about the fact that they assign female at birth. You a man, you a trans man, 
But you got to deal with this because it impacts so much parts of your health. If you don't have top surgery, I'm going to need you to get mammograms. If you don't have a hysterectomy and oophorectomy, baby, and we already, be, before you transition, you already more likely to have fibroids, more likely to have dysmenorrhea, more like because all these disparities that black women have, black assigned female at birth people have, period. They don't change because you're trans. <laughs> you still, we still, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, um, you know, I know you're where you're at. But out here on the on the West Coast, it, it got really ugly for trans men. It got really ugly. If oh. I was just like, fuck black trans men, we don't have fuck a... trans men, fuck y'all. Like you, you take up too, you in the space, you take up too much. We don't even want you to speak. If you say you got you a positive, you want to do something to empower black trans men, there's a contingent of people who will come be like, oh, you know, men taking about Ashley Hunter, whatever the fuck, whatever, you know, all black men are you know, hey, black women are rapists and all crazy ass shit are evil. Like, that's not helpful, man. That's not helpful. And that's not what black feminists did back in the day. That's what they said. No, that's why we different from these white women. White women say we over here and they over there. The black womenists and the black feminists back in the day said, listen, we support our brothers. We are together. We ain't into that shit. They were very clear. You go Kahambi River Collective. You go back to that shit. They are very clear <laughs> about that shit. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it, that's why I keep saying like, you know, they, they something was rotten in the cotton. They knew it, these motherfucking bots and shit. And it's a bigger picture thing to cause that much divisiveness in the in the midst of the biggest fucking humanitarian crisis. All these marginalized motherfuckers fighting each other. Mm. That don't make no damn sense. That was on purpose. You know, that makes sense. Uh, that's legit. But anyway, but um, but yeah, anyway, the health shit is is weird. You know, so yeah, the safety shit. Blah, blah, blah. All, all that shit's tied together. That was my that was my point. I know I wasn't as clear <laughs> that earlier, sense. but that's that's what that's what I was trying to get at. Uh, off ramp. All right, darling. <laughs> anyway, all right, I love you. I'll talk love to you later. Too. See you next week. Right. Bye bye. <laughs> Peace. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Be all right.